Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read, recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerds Jessica Butcher and Josh Lupton. Together, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. Oh, jeez. What? <sighs> Dogs are adorable. I can't help it that you're the tin man. You know, Martha, like... you're about to make me like very upset right now. <laughs> Never trust a dog hater. <laughs> I'm not a dog hater. <laughs> the way you're acting. That's I'm like not right sure up about with that. not liking the goldfinch. <laughs> I'm only doing it to piss you off, Nicole. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> you see me, baby. She is ready for it now. She I really is. seriously so love tired. dogs. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> and I only call her a rat dog because I know it's messing with Vonnie. She's not a rat. She's adorable. She's an adorable rat. She's adorable. She's about ready to go to sleep is what she's doing. Yeah, she's she like is. doing the curl up thing. She's got a little head poked down in Vonnie's boobs. <laughs> Can you hear me? Am I loud I swore enough? we would never have a puppy at the podcast, but cripes if I didn't have to eat my own words. You know, I'm never on this never. podcast and you can't say that knowing me. That's true, because you're the queen of the puppies. I, I can't believe you've never suggested we have a puppy podcast before. I'm pretty sure I've almost brought my dogs. Like, just... I mean, I could have, I should have brought mine today, but she was all whiny. Yeah. Oh, I was like, Travis, you actually have to watch her. Yeah. I saw a picture of Nicole's dog. She just went to get her from having her teeth cleaned, and she took a picture of her stoned dog. There's a video of her eyes slowly closing because she couldn't keep them open, but she's so stoned, she doesn't really know what to do with herself, and she's trying to act like she's not stoned. <laughs> no, dude, I'm fine, really. Like, wow, everything looks really cool. Like, when she's, do you uh, have any Doritos? I need to go for some Doritos right now. When she's uh, sitting still, like or like standing in one spot, she kind of like swerves, swivels a little bit. No, really, I'm awake, man. <laughs> Anybody got any brownies over here? <laughs> Bonnie got to bring her little pooch. Well, it's it's my son's dog, not mine. So it's officially the grand dog? Yes, this is my grand puppy. What's its name? Name is Bella, and it is a pomchi. What the hell is a pomchi? A Pomeranian Chihuahua mix. Bella? Bella. She's busy. Can you bark? Can can you pant into the microphone for us, please? Can you say hey? She's not having it. <laughs> She's not a barker. She doesn't bark. She very barked much. at me the other night. She barked like a mad woman. That's probably what got her ratted out to the to the freaking Look at the camera. puppy police. She's like, who are these weird people you brought me to go see? Psst, psst, Bella. <gasps> Martha, I just want you to know that when I think a dog is too adorable, I tell Travis it makes my heart hurt and he thinks I'm ridiculous. You're not ridiculous, Nicole. (laughs) You're just soft-hearted. Whoa. I just like cute things. There was a news story this today while I was eating dinner. A news story about? Owls. Baby owls that fell out of a tree and they rescued them and then made them a new nest. And I was like, Travis, I need one. (laughs) (laughs) You need one, a baby owl. (laughs) That will grow up to murder you. <laughs> no, Owls they're so cute. Mean. 
Well, you can also get so pet. mean. It depends what kind. If you get an owl, I can't bring my dog over because the owl will <laughs> <bring> my dog. <laughs> but seriously, look at these things. <gasps> look oh, at their big oh, eyes. They're so cute. They're so funny. Well, how do you not want one? On a dog-related news story for the week, did you know that Barbara Streisand... Has cloned dogs, two of them. Two different dogs. What? But did you know they're technically not... A, they're actually not identical. Well, clones really aren't. Because if it, just because it's a clone doesn't mean it will be identical. And those of us who are science fiction readers know this fact. Because just because your DNA is identical does not mean your personality will be identical. So... If you clone a dog thinking it's going to be the same dog, you are sadly mistaken. Are we off of the dog-related stories yet? It depends. There's a dog in the room, so... Yeah. For now, we're off the dog-related <laughs> stories. Uh, but we have also have a guest in the room, which we have not identified as to this moment. Alyssa. Hi. Alyssa Mann is in the room today. She's a friend of ours that we've invited to be on the podcast. We want and to welcome you. actually at the book sale with us. Yes, she was the f- friend. Well, actually, she signed up to win the tickets, but her friend actually won the tickets, so she came with her friend. Yes. Her friend Erin, uh, was it? Yes. So congratulations to Aaron, who was the winner of the tickets, and congratulations to you, Alyssa, for being Aaron's friend and getting to go with her. <laughs> yes, we were super excited. We'd never been on Friday before, and Did it had like been it? our dream. Yes, there were like 15 whole minutes where I didn't have to bodily touch another person in a very <laughs> close way, and it was so exciting. <laughs> yeah, because it gets pretty crowded in there. Yes. Oh. And Martha wonders why I don't go sometimes. You know, oddly enough, this was the least crowded Friday that we have attended. Yeah. I think it's because it rained. It was very rainy and very cold, so there really was not a very chaotic trip this time and i didn't really buy a lot of books this year no i didn't buy as many as i usually do this was my all-time low yeah but the books that i did buy were freaking epic so what was your best find (laughs) my best find was a first edition pristine copy of spoon benders no oh i know you love that book (sighs) <sighs> which was one of my favorite books of last year. That's so exciting. I know. So I'm very excited. <laughs> Hanging on to it forever. Going to be great. Man, we are way too subdued, girls. We got to get some goofballism up in here. Alyssa, tell me something fun. Something fun? Yeah. Anything fun? Anything. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something that really grinds your gears. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So many things. (laughs) Bring it out. I have something Bring it out. Come on. I want to hear the funny thing, and then I'll give you my rage. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Come on. Come on. So, they're changing our email at work, and so this this guy, I guess he's like an IT guy. I'm not sure. But he's probably about, you know, like mine and your age, somewhere, you know, 40s, 50s. He's not young. And he's You're saying wears, I'm not young, you bitch. He's um, <sighs> aged to perfection. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. And he wears a choker. <laughs> what? A choker like you what? would buy at like Claire's or something. It's not even like <laughs> anything fancy. It's 
Are we being mean girls right now? We are being mean girls. He wears a choker. <laughs> for one thing, chokers are n- not okay for a work setting. And the guy's like 45 years old. He's a little old to be wearing a choker. <laughs> you, know what Dylan, you know what Dylan told me chokers mean? Uh-oh. What? <laughs> this actually... <laughs> He came up to me. This actually happened to me in real. It happened to me at a funeral. He came up to me. He said, Mom, it's really disrespectful for that girl to be wearing a choker at a funeral. And I said, why? And he said, because if you're if you're a girl and you're wearing a choker, that means that you like to be choked during sex. Well, that is not true. I've mean, never heard that before. <laughs> I got some news was, for the 90s. He was younger when he said that. But you know what I'm saying? I just thought that was... Kind of funny, you know. Well, maybe young... that's true. Maybe he had some. Maybe some he's into that noontime nookie. Then he had to go. Maybe he's showing off his, uh, pr- you know, had his... to go get his choke. Maybe on. that's the equivalent of wearing. <laughs> that's the equivalent of wearing a uh, a hanky in his back pocket or something, you know. <laughs> he's showing what he likes. Tell him just go on Pinterest and he'll learn that. <laughs> that's not what chokers are for anymore. Hey, baby, hey, you like my chucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that is the best. I don't think... <sighs> I, we're going to have to go around and... Um... See if we can get anybody at work to wear a choker. <laughs> the guys at work to wear a choker. Pass the guys. See who yeah. wears them. <laughs> see if we can see if we can talk, talk anybody. The guys at work a choker. That's hilarious. A choker. <laughs> All right. What's your rage, Alyssa? Uh, well, I have I have so much rage, um, but specifically, <laughs> come on, rage. This is really specific rage. So I was listening to this podcast on my way to work this morning <gasps> because I have a lot of road rage. In the morning and in the afternoon, because I have to drive all the way up 35 slash 235. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I have to go north in the morning, south at night, and it's the literal worst. Um, But so, you were talking about how you used to like Twilight. Yes. And so, one of the things that makes me angrier... don't even. I'm not doing anything. No, you're, you're, it's a good thing I'm holding a puppy right now. Okay. So here's the thing. I get She's pointing really, at me. <laughs> She's pointing at me. I get really angry, specifically when people, because I got made fun of, when people make fun of teenage girls for reading things like Twilight. It was written for them. It's for them. They should be able to be into it. And I think that we should stop making fun of teenage girls who are into stuff like that. Because it's for them and they're interested. And why are we mad that they're I'm reading? I'm not mad that teenage girls Oh, love no. It. You're not. And that's cool. I'm talking about, like, other people. I'm talking about grown women! I'm talking about, like, society as a whole. <laughs> and yeah, how much they hate everything that teenage girls like. And it's deeply unfair. I agree. And so wrong as someone who used to be a teenage girl. <laughs> I think teenage girls should be allowed to like whatever the hell they want. Exactly. But I think that women... Once they reach a certain age, should not be offended when people mock them for being over-obsessive about things that teenage girls like. You can mock me all you want, but I'm not sorry I read Twilight in my 30s. I don't think Martha gets mocked very often. (laughs) I get mocked a lot, and I don't mind. People mock me for being geeky about the things I'm geeky about, and I'm fine with it. Well, it's kind of like, I just, my feeling of it is that 
you can think that I'm a dork. You can think that I'm stupid. I if I like it, I like it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it more than one time. And you can just think whatever you want because it doesn't really matter anyways at that's the end right. of the day. It doesn't matter. And that's my whole point with it is that if it, if it gives you pleasure, if you feel the need to do something and love it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If yes. I want to read a raunchy romance novel like the one that I'm going to review next week. That's right. <gasps> See, and then. And here's it. Here's the thing. And Giselle is a perfect example of this, okay? Giselle owns it. Yes. If you own it mm-hmm. and you love that cheese and you get in there and you love that stinky cheese, I'm going to respect the shit out of you for it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Own it if you love that stinky cheese. Well, I've told you that I I loved Twilight. Fine. And I own my stinky cheese. I love Terry Pratchett and I'm not I am not a bit embarrassed Can we to say calling it. it stinky cheese. Please. Why does it have to be stinky cheese? Well, whatever it is. I saw a video on Facebook hmm. of like an entire what are those things? Like the whole like wheel of cheese, the wheel of cheese. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But they, I don't know if they, it was like on a hot t- plate or something. But it had they had cut like a little wedge out. But then it had it was so melty. They were literally in the video sticking a fork in it, and like what you could just see it like melting. And they oh, were and just they pulling were just... up, and they were just showing you like it being melted. But it was still like put together. But then it was, and it grossed me. The fuck out. Really? Because my disgusting. mouth is watering so hard right now. No, it was just like... Thinking about this wheel of cheese. Oh my God. A wheel of melting, <laughs> yummy, stringy It just goes cheese. to show you the differences. See, and that's another and good example cheese, of it. I love cheese, but this video See, was just some like people, a... Some people, cheese grosses some people out, and other people, it makes their mouth water. And that's a really good example of it. You know what? Yep. Not Every time everybody likes stinky, the same things. Every time you say stinky cheese, it reminds me of this... Not everybody likes the same thing, but you have to own it. And that's my whole point. If you like something, then get in there and enjoy it and and say say it up front. Say, hey, I'm not embarrassed. I love romance novels, so shut up. I'll be like, okay, go get your own goddamn podcast. (laughs) She wouldn't say okay. She'd like no. Oh my God, I can't no. believe you like no, 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 no. But what I am saying is that um, that we'll have guests on that that can talk about romance novels, but the three of us will probably not on a regular basis do right, except for next novels. week, right? Because that's not what what our main focus is. Well, I mean, I've. I've read some romancy kind of like um, the light between the oceans. Well, yeah, but the, I'm that not. Was... Ta- no, I'm talking about Harlequin. Oh, romance. Okay. I'm talking about the kind that are like that you can see their nipples like through their bul- shirts on like, the front of the cover. Like they're so excellent. Like bulbous, <laughs> like bulbous buttocks and creamy bosoms, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> Heaving mounds Keep of going. <laughs> his love rod. Oh. oh, oh, God, it's getting hot up in here. Because you're thinking of that rod of love. Oh. No, 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 no. He could feel the excitement. Yeah, mounting in his pants. As oh my she God. Away. <laughs> Are you going to be able to stand it when we 
Giselle's going to be here next week. Are you going to be too embarrassed to be here? I don't know about this. I'm just going to sit in the corner and blush. Well, you have the choice. Just kidding. Okay. Because I'm just warning you ahead of time. It's going to be pretty raunchy up in here. I'm just going to make fun of you for how dirty you are. We're going to be really dirty. I might have to bring a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep it in your pants, Martha. Keep it in your pants. (sighs) Might have to bring a change of clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have have a car charger for Bob? (laughs) The Just Add Water boyfriend? or? (laughs) Just add water. What? <laughs> what kind of toy do you have? Uh, several. <laughs> I've never heard of one that you add water to. No, I'm talking about the... Uh, like those ones you put water in and they grow? Yeah. Grow your own boyfriend. Uh, you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be can... so much better than just finding one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. They shrivel up, though, if you don't keep them moistened. <sighs> That's a bummer. <laughs> well, you can always add water later. <laughs> You're in timeout. Shovel in the corner. (laughs) I love it. Okay. That's next week, though. Okay. For now, we have to. For now, we have to calm the hell down. Um, I apologize. What what movie is that from? I don't know, but you just got really southern. Lord, I apologize. We should all talk like that right now. Kind of sounds like. I think it's I, don't, I think it's Larry the Cable Guy. Lord, that's, I apologize. That's some funny shit right there. That's some funny <laughs> shit right there. I don't, I don't care who you are. That's right. Anyway, whatever. I'm, who's got some good books? Hopefully everybody. God, I hope so. <laughs> My book was just semi-okay. I mean, interesting to me because I'm a total nerd. We know but it. But I don't know. You go first. I did an autobiography of Ulysses S. Grant. Oh. Because I love... <laughs> I like war. Yeah, we know. <laughs> you and your war. My I God. Know. I think she must be an 80-year-old man someplace in there. Are you my dad? <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, I am your father. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, we were born in the same town. <laughs> that's that's true. Oh, that's, that's one thing that you... Nobody knows about that. I know. We need to tell that story first. How weird is that? <laughs> so, so weird. We go to we go to to dinner, you know, and I haven't really met Alyssa yet before. And we're just kind of chatting away and she mentions where she lives, which is a tiny town in upper state New York. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my god, I was born there. I have never met another person that has been born there. My whole life. Never even met someone who knew, like, where I was talking about, what yeah. I was talking Most about. people are like, where the hell is that? I'm the, like, it's up upstate. Yeah. And they both have curly red hair. We do. And they're both voluptuous. <laughs> and they're both both diminutive. So we could have... I, I could be your father. You could. I could. I could Except be your mom. My dad's going to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, except I don't have a penis and sperm. Right. I, do you really need that to be a father? Technically, no. Technically. It depends who you're talking to. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I don't care. Okay. All right. So, see, I could. Well, maybe from another dimension. <gasps> a long lost sister, very older sister. Is but... Plattsburgh in another dimension? Is that why no one else knows what it <laughs> Maybe is? Maybe that's what it is. It's another Whoa. dimension. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so go back to your book. Sorry. Okay, 
Uh, so it's the name of it is actually Grant by Ron Chernow. And it's just an autobiography, or not an autobiography, I'm sorry, a biography about Ulysses S. Grant. And I just think it's so interesting to take somebody, a hero from the from history, and just read about their everyday life, about just what made them the way that they are, how they were like in person. And um, Ulysses S. Grant, which the S is actually not part of his name. They gave him the S in his name when he went to West Point, and it stuck. His he why did they give an him an? Why did they give him one though? Well, because they uh, they called him Sam because Ulysses they called him Sam, and so they shortened the Sam to S. So they called him U- Ulysses S. I'm not quite sure how. He this didn't is explain very it a weird. lot. I, it is very weird. But the biography starts out at the end of uh, Grant's life, and he basically is kind of a target for for shysters, for people that are trying to, you know, scam him out of money. And he always goes for it because he's such a nice guy and he would give anyone the shirt off his back, even if he didn't have another shirt to put on. So he goes for these scams and he loses almost all his money near the end of his life. And he's worried about his wife not having money after he dies. So he starts writing his memoirs. And he writes his memoirs, and Mark Twain helps him get it published. Yeah, talk about name dropping here. Damn. <laughs> yeah, and they actually publish it um, like just a week before he dies. Wow. Yeah, his memoirs. So <clears throat> he did get it done and everything. He died of throat cancer because he smoked about 20 cigars a day. And he was also a closeted alcoholic. Man, I'd which hate I to have, he'd have to kiss that guy. But he was very he was a very interesting person cuz he was very um he was very stoic. He was very even-tempered. He didn't get mad and he had a, a really great set of values. And there's a part of the book where his dad is kind of a scammer. His dad will do will um do anything to make money. Like at one point he tries to use Grant's celebrity to make money for himself. Mm-hmm. And he says one time he doesn't know how he has such a I, I don't know if righteous is the right word. I can't think of the right word. Son, I don't, when, you know, he's a scammer himself. But I don't know. It was just, it was very interesting to read about it. A lot of this book is during the Civil War, so there's a lot of battles in it. But Grant is also good friends with Lincoln, which I thought that was interesting. And he talks a lot about Lincoln. And one of the most interesting things I think I found out about this book that I didn't know was Lincoln lost the popular vote. He only had about 40% of the popular vote when he became president. Really? Yeah, and and none. And you know what I thought was most interesting about that? Huh. Is when you told me that, my son went, yeah, I know. 
What? Yeah, how did he know that? <laughs> I think they did. <clears throat> My child knew that, and I did not. Yeah. Of course, he has been through that government class like three times, so you'd think he would know it. (laughs) But, you know, this was right at the start of the Civil War. So, I mean, they hadn't actually gone to war, but there was a definite separation in the country. And he and uh, Lincoln didn't get any of the votes from the southern states. None of the southern states and New Jersey, which I don't know why New Jersey was the only Hmm. state that... um, didn't vote for him, but New Jersey, New Jersey, and another thing that I thought was kind of interesting is his wife Julia. Want to say her last name was like Denton or something like that. She was actually her family were slave owners, and they did not like Ulysses Grant at all because he was very against slave owning, and he would actually hire. Uh, Negroes to come work his land for him and all of the other farmers and stuff around him would get mad at him because he was paying his Negroes so the their slaves were like mad about it because they're like why don't we get paid mm-hmm. you know oh. but yeah it was just it was extremely interesting <laughs> I don't know I don't, I'm probably not even giving it justice but well it sounds like it was good yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, you just learn a lot of things about the Civil War. They talk about um, Sherman, a lot about Sherman, General Sherman, and... Uh, when you say Sherman, all I can think of is Sherman from the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and the time machine, you know, and, Sherman. <laughs> I don't know, I just really enjoy reading a biography every once in a while. Okay, so biographies always freak me out because the first couple biographies I ever read in my entire life were absolutely awful. But because of the style of writing, uh-huh. it, they present it in a textbook. So how, it, like, this one, did it actually present it to you like that? Or did you feel like you were reading something, like, inter- obviously um, It wasn't too tech, or a tech book, or textbookish. It was interesting. The The gentleman who was telling the story, it was almost like he was reading, like, part of, like part of it, he was reading mem- or quotes mm-hmm. from Grant and Lincoln and Sherman and all of these other big names in the Civil War. But uh, is he telling it to you in, like, a story line? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so, like, it starts at the end of his life, but then it goes to the beginning, or not the beginning of his life, but, like... Before he marries Julia, that's about where it starts. His um, him meeting Julia is about where the it starts, and it goes all the way through his stint in the Civil War, and um, him becoming president because he he was one of the presidents, and um, like one of the reasons why he decided to go into the political side of the war and everything is because his whole life he had been really poor. And part of it is because he was such a target for scammers. People would, you know, to, uh, like present this great idea. He'd think it would be all right, or he would let people borrow money and they would never give it back. <laughs> but when he started going into politics, it was like it was a steady paycheck. So it was good for his wife and his children. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was at, it was on the um, bestseller list in 2017. Okay, there yeah, we go. that's why I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. 
And that could be why I put it on hold at the libraries because I was looking at that list trying to get some ideas and I'm like, ooh, Ulysses S. Grant. Well, I mean, another reason why, which I haven't reviewed and I'm going to, is I'm also in the process of reading Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. which ooh. has a lot about the southern side of mm-hmm. the Civil War. And um, this kind of is the northern side of the Civil War and you can kind of see the differences. The, the northern generals were more prepared than the southern generals. The southern generals just thought, oh, this is going to be over in a week or two. We don't really need supplies, yada, yada. And the northern generals weren't like that. And one of the, another thing that I really liked about Grant is that he was not afraid to get down and work with the soldiers. He didn't place himself above them. He stayed on their same level, and I think that that helped the soldiers respect him enough where they would fight harder. Because, I mean, it's kind of like if you have a boss that is fair and even and isn't afraid to help you with the work if you need help with it, you're going to respect that person more. That's exactly how I feel. And so I think Ulysses S. Grant had that same rapport with his soldiers just because of his his demeanor he was just he seems like such a freaking great guy <laughs> i want to meet him in person but yeah i really i really liked it like i said i like doing an autobi i mean a biography every once in a while and it was called grant by ron uh, it's either Chernow or Chernow. it's c-h-e-r-n-o-w see the guy who wrote the alexander hamilton biography i don't know it could be I'd have to look that up. Yes, he did write Alexander Hamilton. Okay. And he also uh, wrote Washington and Titan and the House of Morgan and the Warburgs and the Death of the Banker and another George writing, George Washington selected writings. And then he has a new one coming out called My Dearest... No, never mind. So that explains why it was good then, because... Oh, wait. He has a book that Vonnie might be interested in. What? It's called My Dearest Julia, and it's the wartime letters of Ulysses S. Grant to his wife, and yeah. it's by the same author. Oh, that would be interesting. And he loved his wife. His wife was very plain. Some people called her ugly. She had a lazy eye. She talked about one time when he started getting big. In, Famous? Yeah, when he... People thought he was a hero. So he would, it started to get hard for him to like go out in public without getting, you know, mobbed. He talked, or she talked about getting her eye fixed because she had a lazy eye. And mm-hmm. he told her, Those are the eyes that I fell in love with. Don't you mess with them at all. How sweet is that? There's your romance quote for the day. My Those are the eyes puke. I fell in love with. You guys, I'm really not that bad. <laughs> I really am not. <laughs> Your face, Nicole. <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> they really think I'm an awful, horrible, evil witch from hell. I'm really not mm-hmm. much. I can't believe you guys aren't like goo gooing over the dog as much as you. I mean, I'm I, I, just I, staring, staring at, her at the Bonnie's whole boobs, aka yeah. the dog. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, see, t- long tongue. Look how long oh, that is. Do you want to go see Nicole? Do you want to go see Pass Nicole? the dog around, for cripe's sakes. Oh. She slept through that whole review. 
The dog did. You bored her to, to tears. You bored the dog. Okay. Listen. You sit on Nicole's you. shoulder now. Isn't she the cutest thing ever? Aww. All right, Nicole. Okay. What do you got for me, baby? A book that is very depressing. Oh, yay! Depressing! <laughs> See, I had war you have depressing. depressing you book. have romance because that would be the... I mean, it I mean, there's a little. <laughs> Bring on the depressing. Bring on the romance. It's Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close by Jonathan Safran Foer. And it's about this little kid. And he's like less than 10 years old. And his father dies in September 11th terrorist attack. It's very traumatizing for him, obviously, because he's nine years or like nine or ten years old, and he starts having like panic attacks and like anxiety and all this stuff just because it was like obviously when you live big in New trauma. York, yeah. yeah, it's a big deal. So he goes on with life. He still he has a voicemail that his father left the day of or like like during the terrorist attack. Um, oh. So he's he actually like kept it and didn't tell his mom about the voicemail and so he likes to listen to it in his closet and uh stuff like this that um and he's like obsessed with you know his dad he was anyways he loved his dad and so uh his dad had always talked about the five boroughs of new york and um he always thought it was this huge like adventure Mm -hmm. um kind of and they would go visit different places well he eventually finds a key in a vase and he knows that like it was his dad's vase and he uh, like he is obsessed with the idea that the key has something to do with his dad and he wants to figure out what the key goes to so he then goes on this like grand adventure through New York he doesn't tell his mom and like oh that's not going to end well it just takes it takes place over a while and so he like he'll skip school he ends up getting like an elderly neighbor who will go with him once in a while and he's trying to figure out like what this key goes to and at some point he finds a paper and it has the last name black on it and so he starts going through the phone book and he visits every single person with the last name black in hmm. the phone book that's got to be a lot of people. In New York. Like, oh he, try, he just goes and, like, searches for them. And this book is, like, it's kind of, like, heart-wrenching. And I don't know, It's but it's it's really good. I like dramas and stuff like that. The movie's really good, too. It sounds it actually sounds a little bit like, like, parts of it sound a little like the Goldfinch mm-hmm. with the New York City setting, with the elderly neighbor. The terrorist attack. The terrorist attack, yeah. yeah. But it's... It kind of sounds like a book I would like. Yeah. Except for I'm just thinking about all the random keys I have in my child. <laughs> <laughs> what does the key go to? I'm thinking. I, I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay. I'm I have to know now. <laughs> I'm thinking you got to read the book. The person that I lived next door to six years ago or ten years ago asked me to let their dog out. And you still have the key. And I still have the key. Remember that one episode of Friends where they lock themselves out and and during Thanksgiving dinner and everything? And they have, and uh, Joey and Chandler have that drawer of just keys. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you have at your house. I do. I have a lot of keys. I have random keys. And I'm, 
I have no idea what half these damn keys are for. So I'm sorry. I don't mean to make light of your boat. Oh, no, you're fine. It's just a key thing. There's like an entire box of like literally keys. random keys in the... Uh, but I do remember being a kid and room. like having that, oh my gosh, it's it's a secret key. What is this key to? And you do get that magical sense of, you know, it has to mean something. Mm-hmm. I want to find the lock. And he's trying to just find like the last link to his Right, right. And pretty much like essentially that's what he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. When I was little, I always thought that if I had keys, it meant I was important. (laughs) That, yeah. (laughs) I have keys. Yeah, I got all these keys on my belt. That means I'm a big deal. I'm the big cheese. I'm the big boss. I want to be a janitor with the ring of keys because that means I'm important. Wow. So it was good then? It was good. Uh, Jonathan's writing is very intelligent, so it is not uh, like the quickest read possible. What else has he written? That sounds so familiar. Um, he, There's a movie that he wrote with Elijah in Elijah Wood Place. Everything is Illuminated. I have a first edition copy of that on my shelf and I've never read it. Mm-hmm. I think that was his first book. Mm-hmm. I bought it on speculation. Well, uh, I don't know if it's his... Uh, yeah, maybe it is his first It time. is. Because everybody was talking about how huge he was going to be as a writer. I think I tried to read everything in Illuminated, and it was <clears throat> a little too weird for me. But And I still have it, so I need to go back and try. I never have read it. It's sitting there. Every once in a while, it stares at me and says, Are you going to read me? It reminds <laughs> me of being on drugs. Like, Well, okay, so the movie does too. But I don't really, I don't know. I've never seen so the movie either, but no. it, I think that was early on in my book collecting career, which it, was right after Dylan was born, and I was really super bored. Mm. <laughs> I didn't so have anything to do. And and I was thinking, yeah, I could I could be a book collector. So the idea that a first edition copy of a book might someday be worth money was very, you know, appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you still kind of do that. Well, yeah. You still like your first editions? I do. I still love my first editions. But now I'm a lot more particular about which ones. I actually want the book to have... I want to have read the book and liked it now. Mm. Back then it was like, oh, I'm going to speculate upon that book. (laughs) Whether (laughs) I was like, I don't give a shit. But now I have to have read the book and liked it before I'll purchase it. So I don't have very many random books on my show. I have that one. That's a random one, but mm-hmm. I think I only have maybe one other book that I have not read on my shelf. Uh, wow. Maybe I, I should read books. it this year. Maybe that should be one of my... Is it about a llama? Christ. <laughs> I don't know. Those, I've got two llama books sitting in my car. They're in my car. <laughs> Last Chance Llama Ranch. And uh, what's what was the other one? Uh I know it was like a cozy mystery or something. Yeah, so something. That sounds excellent. Yeah, I have two, two, two llama books I have to read. I have to I have to read five books with the word llama in the title this year. That's one of my... I know, it's <laughs> it's my random challenge for the year. It's the last time she lets me pick her random word. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> if you just listen to the llama song like eight times, would that count? No. No. <laughs> no. What if you read the llama song? What yeah. are all the llama books like for kids? See what I mean? There's like not very many llama books. Oh, water for... for food security. 
In Latin America and the Caribbean. No, it has to have llama in the title. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Is your mama a llama? No. Of course, I mean, we did not specify that it had to be an adult book. We didn't. The so llama you can, in pajamas. Yeah, llamas oh, in pajamas. When I was a kid, you I can might read ha- some. Yeah, I might books. have to read children's books in order to make that thing work because I, I do believe that I've got probably a pretty darn big selection of books, books with llama in the title, including the Lama Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens to be... Is that what you're going to review next week for our dirty episode? Possibly. <laughs> Wait, that's just... real? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a... It's a... <clears throat> a coloring book. <laughs> With the llamas in... <clears throat> um, interesting I, positions. I hope you color that every night, Martha. <laughs> kind of makes me look at llamas in different ways. <laughs> and I... I don't get turned on by llamas. Do llamas spit? Oh, yeah. Do they ever. <laughs> God, I can't believe we got off on this again. Are you, are you a spitter? <laughs> Why, yes, yes, I'm a llama. <laughs> okay, somebody else tell me what they're reading besides Martha. <laughs> I do believe that it's Alyssa's turn. <laughs> She won't be able to stop laughing now. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so my book is one of my favorite books of all time, I think, and it's called The Historian, and it's by Elizabeth Costova. And I reread this book almost every year in the fall because I love it that much and it feels like fall and it's something that you want to read like under a blanket and with some tea and maybe it's raining and I love it. And I've read it too and, and reviewed it on this podcast. And you podcast. have a, poppy, oh. a puppy sitting on your lap. And you have a puppy sitting on your lap. Yeah. Yes. So one of the reasons this book, re- I got really excited about it when I first read it um, was because I read it right after the one book that I regret reading. Uh-oh. And so <laughs> What? <laughs> There's one book in my whole life that I regret reading, which <laughs> was that it was American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis, and um, I just sometimes parents should see what you're reading <laughs> because oh, I was 15. It, it was a, you. It scared you. Oh. Um, it is to this day the most disturbing thing I have ever read. In my entire, it's and horrific. as a fifteen-year-old, it was something you were not ready for. No, um, I don't think anything fifteen-year-old is ready for it. It was horrific. So this book was a f- breath of fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> it combines all of my favorite things, which is weird stuff, history, historical murderers, Dracula, and nerds going on adventures. Those yeah. are my favorite things in the world, and so they're all rolled into one in this book. Um, it's kind of complex because it's got a couple timelines going on. So there's one in which there's the main character, whose name we don't know. <laughs> um, and she is searching for her father, who has disappeared to go and search for her mother, who has been missing for a very long time. And so that's kind of number one. And then timeline number two is her father in the past, and he's going on this adventure. And that's actually the bulk of the book. And then the third section is kind of the future and the end. So it kind of is in a flashback? 
Yeah, a lot of it is told in flashback and kind of letters that this man has written to his daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the story starts in this man named Paul, who's a history professor. He is studying in the library one day, and this is about the 1950s. And he's doing this research, and he leaves the desk that he's working out of the library, and he comes back, and there's a book sitting on his desk that he... He didn't put there. He doesn't know where it came from. And so the whole thing is blank except for the middle two pages. And there's a print on it. And he doesn't know what it is. Um, But there's some identifying markers. And he takes it to another professor friend. And he says, well, I have this book, too. And I have some really bad news for you. Only horrible things have happened to me in relation to this print and this book and the story behind it. And so... Like, the book is cursed. Yeah, it's kind of cursed. Um, so come to find out there are multiples of this book. There are a couple out there in the world. And so the reason that only bad things have happened to him is because this book is connected to Dracula, or in real life, as he was called, Vlad Tepes, which I think is super incorrect. But that's how it, that's how it reads. <laughs> I don't think that's how they say it in Transylvania. Um, but so we don't care. It works for right? us. Sorry, so, Transylvania. So, um, as part of his research, he comes across this woman who's also researching Dracula in the same library, and she's like, "You have that book. I recognize it. I've seen it before." And so they end up traveling to Eastern Europe. They start in Budapest. I want to say, yeah, they start in Budapest and they're doing all of this research and very suddenly they realize that they're being followed and that this is becoming very dangerous very quickly. They're attacked by a man who is maybe a vampire because he bites the woman her name is Helen on the neck and she becomes kind of pale and wan and sick for a little while um Wan, I love that word. She becomes wan. <laughs> and so they're kind of going, they're going through this adventure and you get to go through these beautiful cities in Eastern Europe that you've never seen before. And one of the great things about this story in this book is that Elizabeth Kostova is so good at imagery that like I could see it and I've never been there before. And I was like, I feel like I'm here and I get the feeling of this city and the area that you're in in this city it was. It's just absolutely wonderful. And they're chasing real history. It's fiction, but they're chasing a piece of real history. And so you get to learn some real history about Transylvania and Vlad Tepes, which I was deeply interested in as a teenager. Kind of like weird history stuff and murder. And so... And it, vampires. And vampires, yeah. Mm-hmm. All those things together. Um, it's and the a, book is e-freaking-normous. It is It is enormous. hugely long. <laughs> yeah, all of her books are. This was her first one. Um, but it is, it's one of my favorite books. It's such a fun adventure. It does take a while. And if you're not interested in history or Dracula, it is not for you. <laughs> it is not an easy adventure it's to read not through. An easy read, no. If you're not into it, you're not going to, immediately, you are not going to like the rest of the story. <laughs> but it's, it's one of my favorites. It sounds good. I think it sounds good. I, but Dracula is. All of that old, mm-hmm. um, what like folk tales or whatever, mm-hmm. are so yeah. interesting. And I've watched some documentaries where they talk about 
Dracula. Dracula's yeah. castle. He's really stuff. cool in a bad way. Um, right. But so he's known as Vlad the Impaler, and so what he used to do is his enemies, he would place them on top of steel pikes, and then they wouldn't, their body weight would impale themselves, mm-hmm. and that's how they would die, mostly yeah. through blood loss and pain. Um, so then when you walked up to his <laughs> castle, there'd be a bunch of like yeah. bodies on these poles. Yeah, the really interesting Meat thing sickles. is that mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't come up with that himself, which is interesting that he's famous for that. So he was actually a prisoner of war for like 10 years. When he was a child, he got kidnapped and he was the prisoner of another empire and they eventually let him go. But so he actually learned it from, from them. them. But uh. he's the one who became famous for it. It's a fascinating story if you're interested in Eastern European history or just weird stuff. I mean, I'm just saying I'd read that. Yeah. It's so good. I'm going to go read it now. Because, you know, I like I all that weird historical. Huh? <laughs> it was, you, you learn about some historical war. There's a little bit. There's like a whole it was section well, about war. It was well over a thousand pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's oh, a, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. If but you have the hard thick. pack, it's that bit. It I read it in thick. paperback and it's only like 500. But it's those really thin pages where you're like, oh, this uh, isn't bad. And then you're no, like, oh, these pages are way thin. It was huge. <laughs> I have the hardcover of it and it broke the spine. Mm-hmm. I would have to get it on audio. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's my whole, both my my stepmom, my dad, I and my sister have all read it. Mm. She got us all started and... It's addictive. Interesting. What was it called again? The Historian. By who? Elizabeth Kostova. It actually took her 10 years to write this book because she just like wrote it on the side. Wow. Which I thought was really cool. Like she just wanted to tell this story. And then when she decided, oh, maybe someone would be interested in reading this, there was like a bidding war over it. And they gave her... It was a really big deal. Like, people were really excited because this was right after the Da Vinci Code. So mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, people like weird history or <laughs> yeah. fake history. <laughs> fake the, history. The Da Vinci Code is fake history. This has some fake stuff because Dracula, Dracula the Vampire is not real. Right. But what? Vlad is real? a real person. And so it's more real than the Da Vinci Code because now I'm mad that I made that comparison. <laughs> I was going to say, more wait, real than that. what? It, it's wait. not like twisting weird things like that. <laughs> I read, I didn't read The Da Vinci Code, but I read um, Angels and Demons. I think that that one's better. And I didn't like it. No. I, I didn't read The Da Vinci Code. At the Dude, library. I liked, I liked it. I thought it was entertaining, so I'm not going to apologize for that. The no, Illustrated Edition fine. is so fun because you can see, like, you can see all the things that they're talking about, which when I read it, I didn't know when, like, what, like, half of those things were. And so they're so mm. fun. Cool. All right. May I? Yes. I read The Chalk Man by C.J. Tudor. It was a fast, fast read. Very, very quick. Um, it was one of the, It's one of those ones that's on the top of the charts right now. You'll see it everywhere. Very popular. I do believe it might even be on, on the Book of the Month Club at the moment. I think Kayla talked about reading it. From the very beginning of it, I felt very pissed off because it, it sounded... To me, it felt to me like almost a word for word. I shouldn't say word for word. It felt like a complete ripoff of it. Oh, really? Oh. So it sounded a lot like that? From the standpoint of the kids 
the way they were all friends, mm-hmm. the way they all mm-hmm. rode their bikes around together, the way they were hanging out in the woods together, the way they were building a clubhouse together, the way they were in the clubhouse together, and here comes another gang, and they're throwing rocks at them, and then the other kid turns around and throws a rock at the other kid, and the, you know, that whole, whole damn scene, almost word for word, practically, happens in this book. So I was pissed off at that part of it. Uh-huh. But then I was like, okay, having said that, I, I didn't really hate the book because I could forgive all of that because it was a decent mystery uh. and it was a really fast read and it was British and you know, I love British mysteries. I know you like the Brits. I do. And I mean, just for benefit of the doubt, there's kids riding bikes yeah, together in groups and throwing rocks That's, and i have read hundreds that, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books so i have to give her that yeah <laughs> and i'm old so mm-hmm. you gotta add all that crap together of course i'm gonna run into those coincidences mm-hmm. but it was very well plotted as a mystery um i liked some of the things that made it unique the chalk man his, himself was a description of a new teacher to town who was an albino, which that's of course they, in itself is pretty damn creepy, you know. So that's why they call him chalk man. The chalk he's man. White. Well, he was he was all, you know, white, and he was a, an artist, even yeah. though he wasn't an art teacher. Mm-hmm. That was like his hobby, and it sort of takes place right. The beginning of the book starts right before school starts. And there's this big uh, carnival type thing happening in the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. And they're all at this carnival and that's the first place they see this guy. So it's kind of a creepy carnival feel in the beginning. So it sort of captures your imagination. So the first part of the book is very good. It does a good job of grabbing you right away. It's got a great beginning scene where there's a horrible accident at the beginning where one of the rides goes flying apart and somebody gets horribly dismembered, which is always good, you know, nice gory bits in the beginning. <laughs> you know, you see some blood and uh, and there's a horrible tragedy that brings people together and you got that. Um, no romance for her, but throw in some decapitated heads yeah, and she's all good. blood she's all and guts. It. Yeah. What do you mean their limbs went flying the other way? All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take some of that. <laughs> so you have that. You, you got some good stuff there. Um, uh, and then the mystery itself, you kind of, the creepiness part of it starts to come in a little bit later when one of the, the girls, well, let me see how I explain that. Um, he kind of alludes to, he kind of talks about what happened in the past one of those ones where you get bits of the past and bits of the future so i you you constantly get that in books where he's mm-hmm. they're looking back at it and back and forward and back and forward so the chalk men themselves are like a code oh that's so the it's other like thing a group well no the guy the the chalk man the the albino dude sort of gives them the idea because he used this as a code with his friends when he was a kid with chalk figures Mm -hmm. and they would leave codes for each other around the town 
as a way to communicate before texting. So it's almost it's like using emojis. It's almost like a secret language. Exactly. Okay. So each of them had their own color of chalk. So if they wanted to hang out, they would like draw with their color of chalk outside on the person's driveway or whatever. And they had their little symbols that they would leave for each other. Mm-hmm. And it all becomes a part of the story. It had an okay ending, actually. I was kind of surprised. I, I figured I would figure it out, but I actually didn't figure it out, which also makes it good. Yeah, I know you like that. Yeah, and I was expecting it to be super lame, especially with the beginning part. It wasn't right at the beginning that they had this the scene I was talking about. Mm-hmm. The beginning scene was actually the carnival, and then they had the scene with the bikes and all that other crap, and I'm like, oh, really? But the ending was actually pretty good. So overall, I would have to say three and a half. You think? Maybe a little higher, mainly because it was so fast. It was such a fast read, and it was really super enjoyable. This would I would have to put this up there with a beach read type book. Uh-huh. Okay. So not something that you'd want to like, oh, like a goldfinch-like read. But maybe a good, like palate cleanser yeah the type of thing you'd recommend to somebody as something fun to read Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was definitely you can't you can't always be serious you have to have something fun every once in a while this would be the kind of book that somebody who's not a super serious reader like us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it'd be good for them yes this is a bestseller type good read everyone needs a fun read with you know severed arm parts and yeah i mean yes <laughs> and rides going haywire oh, at the don't carnival forget the missing head the missing head yeah the, the body with the missing head there's a missing head in this too <laughs> yeah Very well it just it. isn't a story without a missing head. i have a missing head and the creepy <laughs> teacher yeah cool so there you go that's awesome. mine that would be the chalk man by C.J. Tudor. Does anybody have anything like massively exciting they're reading this week? Ooh, I do. Actually, Jessica and I both have read a book that we want to talk about, but but we're going to have to wait until after Giselle. Yeah, That's next week. I just wanted to give a shout out to Brittany, our um, our Texas connection. Hey, Texas girl. She actually sent me a free download. For Ready Player One. Oh, Woo! that's awesome. Yeah. Brittany, go girl. Because she knows that I like audio and we were talking about the podcast on the podcast, what, last week that there was like 125 people ahead of me to listen to Ready Player One oh from the gosh. library. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'd get that in like three Everybody's years. Everybody's jonesing to read that. Because <laughs> the movie comes out soon. Yeah. Man, I cannot believe. Well, I, of course I can because it's really good. In fact, I ended up Getting using one of my credits. I must feel like I need to give you my. Well, you have it now, so never mind. But I was like, I could have like let you borrowed my Kindle. Oh, because Travis <laughs> has it, and I can access his Kindle books on my Kindle. So I was like, I could, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cave and give her my Audible. <laughs> well, Brittany sent me that one. I just I yeah. haven't downloaded it yet because I couldn't remember my Amazon password. Because oh, we're getting so. to the point now where. You've got to read that book. I mean, it's if just, we're going to yeah. go watch the movie, yeah. then I have to. It's just. You, have you read it? No, I haven't read it yet. I guess I should you since have I got, have it. Seriously, access to it. Seriously, Th- this is going to be the new Star Wars. And then we can all. Go Travis watch has the, read it like eighteen times. It's, then we can all go ooh. watch the movie. Alyssa, have you read it? <laughs> I have not. Read Ready Player One. Okay. 
I mean, I'll read anything, so okay. I mean, it sounds really interesting, and yeah. it takes place in Oklahoma City, which is what really cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it wasn't in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes place in a trailer, in a trailer. <laughs> in, in a trailer, in a trailer in Oklahoma. In a stack of trailers yep. in Oklahoma City. That's awesome. I yeah. know, right? It Nothing sounds... is set here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't like sci-fi, but this one sounds really good. I'm kind of excited to listen to it. And I don't you. like sci-fi, and it I'm sounds really you. good. So. It's really good. I like non-space-based sci-fi, it's, which is very hard to find. It is non-space-based. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's like a virtual world, which I think is going to be It's near future. It's near future. So. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay, before we leave, one, I want to get a, a shout out to Scribner Books for the free random <gasps> books I got on my doorstep Monday, because Mondays always suck, and showing like opening your front door and realizing there's free books so then i walked around all day monday going free books <laughs> she signed you? up for a thing on was it facebook i don't even know what i did i didn't don't you sign know. up for stuff and, and i don't even know if i signed up for anything and she just got free books but i got free books and one was sing unburied sing which i am reading right right now and the other was salvage the bones and both are by jasmine wood so we're going to be having those on the podcast. Anybody else who wants to send us free books, you just go right for it. Yeah. Yep. And shameless plug, if you are interested in reading my blog, you can now find, uh, like, look look up on Facebook, Nick Nick Blog. Oh, geez. But <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, geez. No. Nick Nick Blog. I Nick wonder, Nick Blog can... on Facebook, and I have a Facebook page, so you can stay up to date. I'll post when I have a new uh, blog out and, and if you can't find it, you can find it on our Facebook page because I usually will post a link to it on there. I, I wonder if we can put a we, we should put a link. Figure out a way to put a link. To I it have on to look there. And We'll see figure out a way can. to put a link to it on there. You, uh, okay. And next week, and I know I've been saying, and I have said this before many times. I have said this before, and I told Giselle that if I say this again and she does not come on, that I will punch her in the freaking throat. Then it's over. <laughs> It's over between us. She is coming on this freaking podcast next Friday night. Even if I have to drag her skinny little butt in here. <laughs> it we is, need some romance novels up in here. It is called the Shelf Love Edition. And yeah. we are having it up in here on Friday night. And don't worry, Nicole, we won't take you to the naughty toy store. No. That's good, because you'd have to like probably... Knock me out before you can get me in there. Whether Nicole's going to be here, we have to decide because Nicole, we had to spring this upon her. We don't know if she's going to be able to stand all this embarrassment. But man, I don't. I have nothing wrong with any of this. I'm just. We're so rude, though. We're just giving you a hard time. <laughs> we love you, Nicole. <laughs> so next week. It's going to be so much fun, and I hope you're not easily offended, because we're going to get up in there. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you for being with us, Alyssa. We appreciate your um, uh, willingness to uh, participate. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.